Is there a pound coin in here? Remember football? Mind that. Remember the days of what it used to be like before the pandemic? Remember we had BT Sport before the lockdown and they could tell the difference between Pep Guardiola and Derek McInnes? Or even more recently, that they acknowledge Scottish transfers like David Turnbull to Celtic and that he doesn't play with Motherwell anymore? Well, don't worry too much because BT Sport still exists and you can buy the sports package along with Sky, Premier, Eleven and about a 100 other essential packages. But who needs it? When you can tuck your cell into bed, listen to two young duffers like cell talk absolute garbage about the beautiful game. Good evening and welcome to the Armchair Pundits. Disclaimer, this podcast contains adult language. Hello there folks and welcome back to the Armchair Pundits with Lester Lindsay and Hammy Hamilton. What a show we have for you this week. We have Hammy's team in Europe and the other member of the old firm competing as well. We go through our last week's results, going through our starting 11 and non-starting 11, quickfire questions and of course the ever-present end of episode exam. Well, well, well Hammy. Well, well, well Lester. Last night... Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. Aye? Absolutely what, buzzing. With the 2-1 or the 1-0? Uh, <laughs> we'll no go there, <laughs> but I'm absolutely buzzing. What I will say, amazing for Scottish football. Amazing yep. for Scotland and the coefficient and everything else. Yep. Looks like Celtic are going into pot one. Uh-huh. Rangers yep, pot three of the Europa League. Three. So it's just two incredible results, to be fair. Obviously, the mouth-watering tie, I would say, was Rangers versus Galatasaray, just because of the pedigree that yeah, Galatasaray... Yeah, kind of draw a bit more respect in Sarajevo. Do not to say that they disrespect to Sarajevo in any way, shape or form. It was proved a tough game for Celtic. Aye. Um, I'd say dominant, but desperately boring. Aye, aye, I would agree with that. 90 minutes a side of his backwards football. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, Celtic, by no means, we're a bad team, of course, as we said, they're dominant. It's just slow-paced in Europe, and I think the fans are starting to get a bit sick of the performances that they're seeing. Aye. Um, against teams like Sarajevo, you'd expect Celtic to be wearing that comfortably. Aye. And you only get one goal. Um, good goal. They kind of knew what Sarajevo was about. Obviously, it's a team, not a household name, yeah. Sarajevo. But obviously, they played each other last year twice. Yep. Because obviously they drew them in the qualifications for last year's um, Europa League, and obviously um, Celtic knew what they were kind of about. They played them home and away, but I, as you said, they got the result. So fair play to them, fair play for the coefficient. Um, and I great result to be honest. Away from home, Sarah Havel didn't really look dominant at all. Celtic dominated the game, but I, yeah, I'll be honest, I've not actually seen the full game. I've seen the highlights. Um, I've had accounts of different Celtic fans telling me what the what oh, I said. watched the full thing, mate. <laughs> I've had accounts of Celtic fans telling me what they thought. Interestingly enough, I've heard some people say Ryan Christie had a blinder, and then I've heard some people say Ryan Christie was poor. I thought Ryan Christie was really good. Did you? Aye. aye. The highlights. I mean, he get he, for the goal, he gets a shot away, and he makes space well for himself and gets a shot away. It's not a great shot, and he didn't seem to do much else in I the highlights. Even poor save though for the keeper. That is poor, and it's straight out to Edward, and, he's, and any striker that's worth a. Look, a 
a penny is going to be in that position to tap that in. So fair play. Aye. Um, I will say uh, he looked poor for the highlights as well, Edward. He looked just off the pace. Nah, I would agree with that. I would say Christie was good. He looked energetic. He had that buzz about him. Uh-huh. He was one of the only players that Celtic kind of looked like a threat uh-huh. from. Yep. Um, but I would agree. Edward, he's got the goal and you're looking at it on paper thinking he maybe played well, but he certainly never. Yeah. Um, what I will mention as a person that deserves a... For me, I think anyway, someone that deserves a mention is uh, Frimpong. Um, he's establishing himself as a very, very good player, even at a young age. Uh, he runs himself into the ground every game and he has an amazing confidence, maybe because he is so young, but Aye. the courage to take players on all the time. He looks like the only one that was really wanting to press the issue. Aye. Get forward, get the byline, get the ball into the box and maybe they think Celtic could have given the ball more. Obviously, they got the win and this is all just hypothetical. They could have, they could have. They got the win and we're not suggesting anything other than that. Um, just to have a bit for the fans, to be a bit more exciting for them. Maybe get the ball with Frimpong a bit more in my opinion. Aye, aye, I would agree with that as well. Frimpong, uh, for me, I'm slowly, slowly, well, wouldn't say slowly because he's only just came in in the Scottish game, but he's really, really grew on me. He's yeah, such a high, high talent. Yep. And one that Celtic can keep a hold of for years and he's just getting better every game. He's just such an attacking force for them and he's and he really cementing himself. Oh, aye. He's unbelievable. His willingness to take on players and stuff like that. Yeah. So, from Celtics 1-0 to Rangers 2-1, and i got to say it's against a team with a, of a higher calibre. Aye. Galatas is a very good team. Talking about right-backs there on Frimpong, and then you look at seven goals in his last seven games. James, James Tavernier. Yep. What a performance from the captain and inspired Rangers in a, a third consecutive Europa League campaign run under Steven Gerrard. It's just... Yep. Every season it seems to get better for Rangers in Europe. Yeah. Obviously they're not really at the races or they don't really have the mentality domestically, it can be said. But I suppose I, in some ways, yeah. I mean, struggling against Levy and Hibs. Aye, so far this season and then look at last season as well, they kind of crumbled yep. after the new year. But honestly, in Europe, Rangers are an absolute force. Yeah, they do a different team. Um, what I will say for that, having your goal is it's just beautiful play. Starts oh, off with a goal kick. Play it, McGregor plays it out. I think I, th- I think no, I could be wrong, but I think it's Golden then plays it out to Tavernier. Tavernier, sorry. <laughs> I'm having right problems saying his name. Yeah, but uh, Tavernier then he runs up the line and it's just it's beautiful passing play all the other pitch. Great ball in for Barisic Aye. and then a fantastic header for Tavernier. No idea what he's doing at that position in the box the right back, but fair play to him, great goal, great ball in. The height on the ball for Barisic as well for Tavernier to leap above the defender is yep. just ridiculous. Just you don't him. often see crosses like that. But the goal before that Scott Arfield's hitting a bit of form yep, for Rangers, definitely. certainly, and he's combined there well with Hadji, and it's just kind of cut open the Galatasaray defence completely. Also, as well, I think it's worth noting that Manelos cleverly, very cleverly leaves the ball and drags the centre-back out to allow Scott Arfield to make that run. Aye. Opens up a lot of space, and it makes it an easy ball for Hadji mm-hmm. to play. Um, but I think Rangers, in that game, they just looked... I mean, I expect it to be a tough game for Rangers. I don't know what I, expect, I don't know if I expected necessarily to win or to lose, but Galatasaray are a very, very good team with some talented players. I mean, you look at the likes of Radamel Falcao. Mm-hmm. It comes with a high pedigree. Galatasaray um, just didn't kind of... Obviously, it was nearly the last 10 minutes, especially when they get a goal three yep. minutes for time. And you were thinking, right, Galatasaray, have Rangers got the mentality here? Which they did. They did, 100%. But the first half, I thought Rangers sat off Galatasaray a bit and they, they grew have... into the game. Yep. But at the same time, they were aggressive. They were hungry. They looked like, we're going to win this today. Yeah, they certainly... I think maybe 
tactically, Gerard's just maybe told them, take a wee five, ten minutes at the start of the game, see what they're about. Don't concede. Because obviously, going into this, Galatasaray were the favourites. No, I. Rangers have done a great, great job. You can't overstate that. That's a aye. fantastic result for them. Especially with us. I mean, this is an all transfer for them with the money they're going to get in the group stages. I know, exactly. And yeah. I, because I, Stephen Gerrard made that clear during the week, I think everyone can see that, that their yep. centre mid transfer potential is resting on this European run. But how do you think Yanis Hadji's feeling about the result? Uh, probably mixed. I mean, getting an assist to put your boyhood club out of Europa League. I don't think I happening. could do it. No. No, I don't think I, If I was Galatasaray playing against either Celtic or Rangers, yep. just be hypothetical. Yeah, you're playing with Sarajevo or Galatasaray. Aye, sorry, I should have said that. Um, but if you're... I, I couldn't do it. No. I wouldn't have played that past the airfield. I would have put it in Rose Ed. <laughs> twice I've quoted Rose Ed the night. Shout out Rose Ed. Well, I think just, again, fantastic job for both Rangers and Celtic. Uh, it's not often you hear me praising the two of them. Aye, I'm absolutely buzzing, honestly, for just the coefficient. It's took a massive, massive tumble in recent years and we're just kind of gradually building it back up and it's great to see for Scottish football and as a business as well, to be honest with you. Aye. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Um, I think there's no more I can say pretty much. I'm just going to keep saying how brilliant this, this last night was for Scottish Aye. football. I think we'll just leave that there. Aye. So, starting 11. Aye, let's Aye. move on to that. On to the starting 11. Right, okay, this week's starting 11. It's a bit different for the previous weeks. Um, it's uh, Scotland's manager's sleepless nights starting 11. So, it's basically two players that play in the same position at the same time and the manager can't pick both of them. So we have Robertson and Tierney at the moment, two world-class left-backs, and we seem to have this problem where we can't get both of them into the team. So it's an example of that for every position on the pitch for Scotland in the past. And by the way, you might be thinking that how are they going to fit this in a starting eleven? but honest to God, the Scotland team is just full of these. It's pure typical Scotland where we've got two players, two world-class players, in the same, in the same po- position. Aye, they're always in the same position and the manager's just as sleepless nights because he can't pick but both of them in the same position so he ends up either dropping one of the players completely or shoehorn in right. a completely yeah. different position. Right, okay, so in goals. I think this one kicks it off very well. I'll, I'll just put a wee note out there now that I've, I've really not done most of this. This is all Hammy's work so you can listen to him for however long this goes through but in right. goals you've went for Jim Layton and Andy Gorham. It's undisputed. Yeah, this is a this is probably the best example you have. It's probably one of the most controversial and talked about head scratchers. Two of the best goalkeepers in the world at that time. Though. Aye, like, definitely. And we, they both played with Scotland. Yeah, it's just pure typical Scotland. So Jim Layton, who had ninety-one caps versus the forty-three caps at Andy Gorham, exact same era. Jim Layton was a European Cup winners' cup winner in nineteen eighty-two, nineteen eighty-three. You could also actually mention Hamish McAlpine as well. Uh. He was the Dundee United goalkeeper at that time who was winning. It was during their probably their most successful period with Jim McLean. Yeah, their best era. So he couldn't even get a look in in the team. He aye. was like maybe fourth or fifth choice because we were flying high at club level. So many good. Get the caps, yeah. Aye, so during the Mexico 86 World Cup, Andy Gorham was actually third choice. So I'll mention another name here where Jim Layton, he was first choice at that specific World Cup. Then we had Alan Ruff, who was second choice, Ruffy, and aye. then it was Andy Gorham. And this also kind of happened that Jim Layton was first choice in Euro 88 in the 1990 World Cup in Italy. But Gorham, so at times during this 
controversial, heated, never-ending discussion of who you should play out of Leighton and Gorham. Gorham actually took over Leighton at some points, which makes it even more kind of fascinating. Yeah. So Gorham actually became first choice at Euro 92 in Sweden. And there's been a lot of controversial moments. So Gorham withdrew because he wasn't mentally attuned because Jim Leighton got the, the nod when that happened in 1995. Uh-huh. But one of probably the most controversial moments between this this element to the starting eleven was Craig Brown picked Gorham ahead of Leighton for Scotland's Euro 96, right? Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that Leighton played most of the qualifiers in the lead up to Euro 96, but dropped to the finals. Aye, yeah. so it was a bit like, it was very controversial and I've did, never really seen it coming. Uh-huh. But, much to Craig Brown's fortune, Gorham was absolutely unbelievable at that um, Euro 96 run. To be fair, the two of them were cracking goals. This is the thing. Like, I don't know. Well, well, like, it, it's coming across as if we say Andy Gorham should have been playing because of how good Jim Leighton was, but these two keepers were absolutely phenomenal. Nah, I suppose it's I. Just two brilliant keepers in both in the team at the same time, Aye. unfortunately, because if they were even 10 years apart, they would have both been the Scotland number one, undoubtedly. Aye, definitely. So then you've got... Obviously, Gorham being ahead of Leighton at that one. And then France 98. So, two years after that, Craig Brown selects Leighton ahead of Gorham again. <laughs> Just an ever-shifting paradigm. Aye, pretty much, mate. Um, so, 15 days before the World Cup was meant to start for Scotland when they played Brazil, because of this decision by Craig Brown where he drops Gorham and puts Leighton as his first choice, Gorham just leaves us the team completely. Yeah. And it kind of... Was a bit like, wow, but you don't really expect it. And else with Andy Gorham, maybe first. Bit of dummy out. Aye, definitely. <laughs> right, so that's. Let us know what you think about that at Twitter, at TA Pundits. Jim Layton, Andy Gorham. We'll go on to the right back now. And I can see here you've got wrote down Danny McGrain and Sandy Jardine. Another absolute winner. Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting with these two, kind of gets the listeners to kind of know the gist of what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, Danny McGrain, Sandy Jardin. Danny McGrain won 62 caps of Scotland versus the 38 caps of Sandy Jardin. So, oh. you're probably thinking. Sandy Jardin only got 38 caps? I but you're probably thinking that Danny McGrain was favoured over Sandy Jardin. Well. But it was kind of quite the opposite. Really? Aye, because Danny McGrain actually won most of these Scotland caps at left back. Right, okay. So a bit kind of similar to the Tierney Robertson thing. Only Aye. on the other side of the park. <laughs> so, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So One gets shifted to position to allow both to play. Aye, so Aye. when McGrain came through at Scotland, Sandy Jardin was obviously the accustomed right back. So McGrain got shifted to left back to accommodate Jardin. He played most of the games during the 1970s at left back to accommodate Jardin. And in the this is quite an interesting fact. I thought, seeing the 1974 World Cup, uh-huh. Jardin and McGrain were that good, both playing at left and right back, that they were voted the best pair of fullbacks in the competition. That's fantastic. I know. See, for Scotland, fullbacks and goalkeepers, that's pretty much all I've ever done. I can remember anyway. Aye, aye. <laughs> I know, and that's what's happening currently, so it's kind of relevant. Aye. Well, no, we've got a couple of good centre mids now. McTominay, but he keeps getting put in defence. Aye, we've, aye, we've got a team full of goalkeepers. Midfielders and left backs. Aye, exactly. But back then it was right backs. Aye. Uh, we'll move into first centre back. First centre back I've went with is the Willie Miller versus Alan Hansen debate. Right. Okay. So, obviously, during that time as well, you had Alex McLeish. 
uh-huh. to that formidable partnership between Willie Miller, Willie Miller and, McLeish, and yeah. McLeish, obviously, at Aberdeen. So Willie Miller won 65 caps versus the 26 caps of Alan Hansen, which is right surprising. He's only got 26 caps. He's only got 26 caps, and it's kind of because of this situation, uh-huh. basically. So this is another good kind well, of addition. Like, do you play Hansen and break up the, the partnership you've already got established? Exactly. Even though Hansen may be a better individual. You've not even researched this, and this is exactly the uh, point. And this is the head-scratcher that the managers of Jock Steen and Alex Ferguson had when they, they were trying to pick. So obviously, kind of one that kind of highlights all of this is the 1986 World Cup again in Mexico. Uh-huh. Obviously, it was a gay. Uh, sorry, it was a competition that Jockstein sadly passed away. Mm-hmm. So Sir Alex Ferguson, well, Alex Ferguson back then. At that time, yep. At the time, he had to take the squad for the 1986 World Cup. So he dropped Hansen for the squad completely really? because obviously, I the Aberdeen connection with Alex Ferguson. Well, aye, he's aye. went with Willie Miller and Alex McLeish to be the partnership at, at centre half. Well, again, if he's got a working relationship with them, he seems to have to break that up. Aye, definitely. So you can just imagine. Alan Hansen didn't take that well. Nah. You can complete. When I read that, I was like, I no shit, Sherlock. You've, like, got, you've got to miss one match of the day as well, didn't you? Aye, I know. He was just like the most dour face guy, but a good laugh at that. Did you watch the programme about his retirement from match of the day? It was on the BBC. It was like an hour of Hansen. No. I was absolutely cracking. Is it still about on? You'll find it's a bit online. It was brilliant. Aye. Spoke about his career playing then in the media and stuff. He won the European Cup and stuff. Aye. Oh, mate, brilliant career. And see, see that year. That he got dropped for Willie Miller uh-huh. for that Alex McLeish Willie Miller partnership. Uh-huh. He he done the double with Liverpool, so wow. he disagreed with that completely. And see, after that, he played like honestly a handful of games, and then he eventually retired for Scotland with only twenty six caps. It's a shame, eh? aye. But we've got a, a different. I will set it back to the bit of struggle because obviously when you put you in a form- any formation you have, you have at least two centre halves. Um, but try to find one that was as fierce as Willie Miller and Alan Hansen was a bit difficult. So I've went with um, Shoehorn and Alan Hutton versus Stephen Whitaker in the centre half. That has to be in there as well, doesn't it? Aye. Because it's more modern as well. Aye. I mean, the two of them played with the same team at the same time and in the same country. Neither of them really established themselves as a starting right-back for Scotland. Hutton got 50 caps and Whitaker got 31. Uh, what I will say is a lot of Whitakers came at left-back. Um, again, the two of them good players. Alan Hutton, big money move down south of Tottenham. Was it nine million or something? I, I, I think about? it's the highest bid that Rangers have ever received. Well, yeah, uh, for Alan Hutton all them years ago. Well, uh, obviously had a, a good career in England. I wouldn't say great. He was injury again, a lot of injuries, which kind of stopped him being what he could have been. Spent time in Spain and then at Aston Villa. Uh, and do you know, see that goal that we get tweeted at. We get tweeted at is the Alan Hutton goal. Aye, in the Setting City Derby. Aye, I'd never seen that before. What a goal. Aye, absolutely. Like, and Scenes ju- in the villa end. Aye, it's just very Alan Hutton that goal. It's just, he's running with the ball looking for a pass a full time and it's just no there. And he's like, <laughs> I'll just keep going then. Aye, Aye, well, I'll just stick it in the bottom corner. It's, it's very Alan Hutton, as you said, but also very not Alan Hutton at the same Aye. time because Aye. he's like, there's some finish. <laughs> Because um, he always kind of get into the areas with Scotland, didn't he? As you said, look, looking for a pass, nobody's looking for it. Uh-huh. Just goes on one of these long runs and then he ends up shooting and it hits Rose Ed. Aye. But that time it was a, a cute finish and I very like on Alan Hutton, but very unlike him as well. Aye, but Scotland's answer to Mika Richards pretty much at a time, wasn't he? Very similar player, very powerful down the wing and then when he got into the final third, just a bit of a jigsaw for a part in the box. Aye, I think people always remember Alan Hutton for instead of kicking the ball, he kicked the grass. <laughs> in my forward role. I think people always just assume but he was a great player to nah, be fair. Absolutely fantastic. As was Whitaker to be fair. Um we're going to left back now and it's between Sir Teeth Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney. Aye. Obviously a debate of our generation is who do you play? How do you play them and do you play them both? 
Uh, well, it's just we could spend hours talking about could, that. We've already spent a bit of time talking about it, so we'll just we'll just we'll not spend too long on this one. Uh, for me, easy choice, Kieran Tierney, I left back. Nice, Sack Andy Robertson. <laughs> Get away, Scotland captain. He's Europe. not interested. Nah, he's like the Champions League winner, Premier League winner, but I sack him. Nah, sack him off. Bring Tierney in, <laughs> better left back. Right, fair enough, aye. Uh, right mid. Right mid, straight a bit, again, try to shoehorn players in, right back and get away with this one. Mm-hmm. I've went with David Cooper versus Gordon Strachan, right? And before you jump on me and say, oh, but David Cooper... Yeah. Was a left mid, wasn't he, aye? David Cooper was a left mid, Gordon Strachan was a right mid. But uh-huh. I'm getting away with it because Gordon Strachan was a right mid, not you're getting claiming that. this, you're getting away with it. Aye. You're saying this yourself. Right, okay, aye. you're getting away with it, let's see it. Aye, well, you've just shoehorned <laughs> Whitaker and Hutton into a centre-back, so <laughs> I'm, I'm getting away with this one. So, David Cooper... Probably one of the best talents Scotland's ever produced. I think we can both agree with that. Yeah, hundred percent. Only won twenty two caps. Uh huh. But what? I know he won he won twenty two caps. Jeez. Compared to what God. is it with the brilliant players that we've had? David Cooper twenty two caps. Would you say Hanson had twenty eight? Twenty six. Twenty six. Just the best players that we've had getting the caps. What exactly? Is that well, that, that's the point in this. It's because there was so much competition. Aye. Aye. So Gordon Strang, who won fifty caps, and I think. Just that competition is kind of highlighted at 1986 in Mexico again. There was a lot of good players. I, I keep on bringing up the 86 World Cup in Mexico, but it was because we had such a good, a good team array of players. Team. Aye. So um, in that particular World Cup, we actually used Steve Nichol at right mid, despite he was a right back, obviously, and we used him at right mid. Yep. So we had to choose between Cooper and Strachan at left mid. Strachan obviously being a right mid, but we actually chose Strachan to go at left mid in an unnatural position instead of David Cooper, mm. which was a bit strange because Cooper played 11 consecutive games before the 1986 World Cup finals. He actually scored the equaliser coming off as a sub really? against Gordon Strachan, aye, wow. against Wales, and that I'll bring it up again, the 1985 game against Wales. Um, sorry, it was an equaliser that he scored, the one that Joxine sadly passed away, but Aye, Dave, that just kind of highlights it. David Cooper had to come off. <laughs> Davey, first name basis now, that's that. Davey had to come off. Davey had to come off against Gordon. <laughs> and he's ended up scoring the equaliser, which ultimately sent us to the 1986 World Cup in Mexico. It'll be cracking to actually see his qualify, wouldn't it? Because you hear about these stories and the great teams that we had and how we qualified. Aye. And then you've just got years of hurt. Nah, you know. Uh, but no dweller on that for too long. We'll go into two centre mids now. Uh, so the first one you've went for, you've went for Scott Brown and Scott Arfield. Aye, I mean, no, I'm confused by this, mate. Right, okay, I will explain it again. <laughs> right, okay, um, because Scott Brown, to me, is a holding defender, a midfielder, sorry, and Arfield's more an attacking midfielder. I know. Right. But I thought this would be a good wee addition to have in. Obviously, you're bringing in the old firm again, but it's the fact that Arfield could not get in the Scotland team for Scott Brown. Now, I think there's about four years of difference between Scott Arfield and Scott Brown, but when Arfield was coming through and we would have seen this in his Falkirk days and also when he went to Burnley, he was played as a winger. Uh-huh. And, you know, younger listeners maybe listening that only know Scott Brown as that CDM role. Yep, that whole midfield drop between defenders. Won't kind of thing. remember that Scott Brown used to also be a winger. Oh, absolutely. Or maybe not a winger. Quick left but mid. A, a aye, left mid. Yep. Aye, so, and he had a bit of pace about him. Aye. So it was kind of because of that, and Brown obviously played there for Scotland as well. He played out and left, and I think sometimes right mid as well. So Arfield played with Scotland under 19s, under 21s, in Scotland B team. And then in February 2016, because Arfield's like, right, 
I've been playing the Premier League for X amount of years. I've still not got a Scotland call up. So in February 2016, he's decided, know what? Sod it. Or fuck it, I'll just say it right. <laughs> <laughs> no saying sod it right. That's just no happening. You can feel yourself being a silly wanker saying so, that. <laughs> so um, he's decided, know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to play with Canada now, and he's obviously the captain for them now. So it's, it's just a, it. it's a good wee feature because Arfield did such heavy competition back then. Uh-huh. I mean, we had Dan Fletcher, James MacArthur, Charlie Adam, Charlie Adam, James Morrison. But typical Scotland again. We have so many centre mids that are of quality play with the national team. So I think Arfield just decided, right, I'm not getting in the team because of Brown, and I think that's kind of been highlighted since he's came to Scotland. Yeah, Scott Arfield. That you're thinking he's probably good enough to play. Well, looking at the system that we played against Czech Republic and Israel, that three five one one, whatever it was, well, what was meant to be in paper, that Christie role. I think Aye. as much as I think Christie's a cracking player, right? I do think he's a fantastic player. I think the role would be better suited for Arfield. He's Aye. a bit more, a bit more physical and about himself to link the midfield and the attack up. Aye. Probably make more dart and runs than Christie would, because again, Christie plays out wide quite a lot as well. Yep. Uh, so I know, right? Okay, Scott Brown versus Scott Arfield, I like that. Um, it's quite similar to the one that I've went for at centre mid. Right. And, uh, well, it's, this surely isn't that much yeah, a battle, but I just had to get it in because Hamilton. So I've went James <laughs> MacArthur and James McCarthy. Right, aye, okay. Even though technically James McCarthy was never kept out the Scotland squad because he was picked Ireland when he was a young young guy. Um, there was, again, a lot of competition for midfield spots in Scotland. James McCarthy obviously chose to play for Scotland. McCarthy chose to Ireland. Um, remember hearing a lot of rumours at the time and these are all, I can all say there are rumours that James McCarthy had trialled for Scotland and get told by a certain Archie Knox that he would never play for Scotland when he was 15, so he chose to play for Ireland. Ah, right, okay. James McCarthy went on to have a good career mm-hmm. um, for Scotland, scoring a cracking goal in Emmanuel Neuer's Germany. Ah, I remember that. I was Absolutely at that cracker. game. Were you? I was at that game, aye. Absolutely cracking goal. I remember seeing the Joe Cook going about Facebook as well when he scored, and it was the corner comes in, McCarthy says to Neuer, I'm saving this. Neuer says, Neuer, no. <laughs> 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 I'm sure you've cracked that a couple of weeks ago didn't you know? it's, it's one of my favourites mate yeah, I do I like it just um, every five weeks just crack the same joke that's, that's all I'm good for ah, I suppose but we'll move on to my incredibly well certainly mid pick and we'll go into left mid so you've went with Willie Henderson versus Jimmy Johnson aye Willie Henderson another great great olden time many old listeners will be like aye of course this has to be in there so actually two extremely extremely similar players We've got Jimmy Johnston, who won 23 caps for Scotland, which is unbelievable. 23? Right, I've had enough of this. Right, aye, but I don't think they played a lot back in the day, but aye. They didn't play as much, they wasn't friendlies. Aye, aye, aye. but um, aye, Jimmy Johnston, probably, again, one of of Scotland's best ever talents. Aye, definitely, only winning 23 caps versus Willie Henderson for Rangers, um, 29 caps. So it's a bit like that. Celtic versus Rangers kind of analogy again. So Jimmy Johnson who got four goals, Willie Henderson had five goals, both outside rights uh-huh. back in the day. And both tiny players, both exactly the same height at five foot four. Uh-huh. Which is five four, weren't they? They're both five four. So it's like two You've got really the same player twice, but one do you play? Aye. You obviously hear a lot more about Jimmy Johnson nowadays because of the Lisbon the Lions, Lions and, and the Everton, Celtic, yep. Exactly I um Willie Henderson not so much, but I Basically, just back in the day, it was like who do you pick between the two of these five foot four outside rights? The thing with James <laughs> Johnston is, is it was how agile he was. Like, he could be going full pace and then stop dead, like, within the blink of an eye and then take away again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but two strikers. So the first one you've went with is Joe Jordan versus Derek Johnson. Aye, so this was a bit of a head scratcher as well. Joe Jordan, who won 52 caps for Scotland versus Derek Johnson's 14. Joe Jordan getting 11 goals versus Derek Johnson's 2. So I'll take you back <laughs> to... <laughs> what are you laughing at? Just Derek Johnson, I definitely should have been in the squad. Scored 2 goals, but... I <laughs> know, he only had 14 caps. Ah, I know, I know. So I'll take you back to the 1974 World Cup. Joe Jordan was picked over Derek Johnson. Derek Johnson didn't even make the squad. So Jordan was in fine form at this World Cup. He scored against Zier, which is now... You're probably thinking what countries that, but that's now, uh, it's now the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Oh, right, okay. Shout out Nick Kabamba. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> aye, so he scored against there, uh, or Democratic Republic of Congo. I don't know, like, don't want him to shoot me. Over, aye, but, political about aye, that. I'm aye, not aye, too sure on it, so don't. Cover basis, fair enough, mate. Aye, so he scored, he also scored a last-minute equaliser against Yugoslavia. Again, you're probably thinking, what? That's now about 10 countries. No, no, so no, a lot, Slavia, I know that one. I a, lot that has, one. a lot has changed since 74. <laughs> <laughs> but aye, so back then, Joe Jordan preferred over Derek Johnson, both incredible strikers. Derek Johnson's one of the players that's played centre-half and centre-forward. Yep. One just, of your favourites. He just kind of moved back and forward between playing centre. It's aye. because he's aerial threat and he's, he's incredible in the air. Pretty much, I mean, obviously, we never seen a lot of these players play in the flesh. You just hear about it you for your dads and your uncles. And but uh, I've seen a clip of Joe Jordan and I'm pretty sure everyone already has seen it and it's not him playing. It's him squaring up aye, to Gattuso. Gattuso, That's aye. all I ever think about when I hear his aye, name. I for Tottenham. But I just uh, another wee couple of points I want to make on the Joe Jordan versus Derek Johnson battle. Huh? I'll then take you to the probably the more kind of relevant World Cup, which was the 1978 World Cup. Both of them this time. Um, was selected by <laughs> Ali McLeod. I was going to say the dreadful pandemic from these, but that's a complete. That's a. That's a. Um, that's nowadays. I know, uh, but I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Anyway, so both of them at that World Cup were selected by Ali McLeod, but again, Jordan was favoured and he was selected every match that Scotland played whilst Johnson never featured at all but see that season Derek Johnson scored 38 goals in that season the season just before the World Cup for Rangers but he never featured once at that World Cup so it just showed you the competition that he had to deal with Joe Jordan on the other side of that coin hell for a strike like that then wouldn't you absolutely and they just it's just such a typical Scotland thing, isn't it? Why can't we have Derek Johnson now or Joe Jordan now? Do you know what I mean? I get on a bit, to be fair, mate. I wouldn't play them. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, right, so on the other side of that coin, you've got Joe Jordan, who scored again in the World Cup in a 3-1 defeat to Peru. He then scored again in, against USSR in 1982. We're, we're talking about a lot of countries that are just no longer that. That's now Russia, obviously, and about 10 other countries in 1982. So that makes Joe Jordan the only Scottish player ever to score in three World Cups. That's really? an incredible start. That's fantastic. Aye. But see, just as well, you can add in there is Joe Harper. I mean, we've not got him in the starting, starting 11, but I think I should just add him in there as well. Just worth mentioning. He was just in there with the likes of Joe John, Derek Johnson, Kenny Dalgleish. He's Aberdeen's all-time top goal scorer, but he only got four caps, which is the exact That's same incredible. as Chris Ewell. Chris Ewellimo? Aye. Aye. Less about him the better, mate. Aye, I know. Um, and for our final position of striker, we've went for Lyndon Dykes and Lauren Shankland. Obviously, 
two of these two, the two of these could play together. We don't know what's going to happen, but we thought it'd just be good to have an example that like is looking forward rather than looking back. Lauren Shankland obviously fine form last year in the Scottish Championship. Lyndon Dykes good form in the Scottish Premier League. Uh, both got recently called up to the Scotland squad. Um, both of them have scored for Scotland, mm-hmm. I believe once. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they develop and if they can come up with a partnership in the Scotland team playing this three at the back there is room for two strikers so I'm excited to see it I'm excited to see the two of them playing hopefully they're playing together but if not it'll be another good moment of why can we not have a good team why Aye. can we just have strikers or left backs Aye, it's or one for the backs. future isn't it Aye. but if you if you's come up with any that you want to add to this starting 11 this week I'm pretty sure there'll be loads that people think that about. We've just no thought about I. Aye, then tweet us at TA Pundits on Twitter because we'll probably put this up on Twitter during the week in case you missed it. Moving on from our starting 11 to the predictions we made last week for the weekend's games. So I'll just run through my predictions. Uh, I went Hamilton 1, Dundee United 1, which was correct. Mm-hmm. I went Levy 2, St Johnson 0, which was correct. I went St Mirren 0, Kilmarnock 2, which wasn't correct. Motherwell 1, Rangers 3, Wisney correct, Celtic 2, Hibs 1, Wisney correct, and Ross County 0, Aberdeen 2 was correct. I'd say 3 out of 6 is alright. I think it's worth noting, but you got results as well. I got every single result right, but just a few goals off. Was 5 goals off 500 grand. It's a heart, it's sickening. That is a bit, I know that that sounds, oh my god, you were 5, but that's quite close considering aye. other weeks. Best performance been... we've had, I aye. think so. I think that'll be the best performance we'll ever have. You going to mention yours? No. <laughs> okay, uh, Hamilton Dundee United. I actually watched the game on Aki's TV. Paid fifteen pound for the privilege. Uh, thought it was I actually thought it was the best we played this season. I thought Dundee were still a good, good side, and they show a lot of promise on the break. That charmers that they've got wide right, absolutely lightning quick. And he had uh, Kyle Monroe on strings for most of the game. Luckily enough, the experience of Scott McMahon at that left centre back role in the back three. I just went a back three, didn't you? Yeah. Is that the first time that this season that you just went a back first three? First time under Rice. That was under Martin Canning. It was a back five. Because obviously it wasn't wing backs. If the else is doing it, so we're doing it. Aye. But I thought, genuinely, I thought it suited our team quite well. Because our midfield isn't the strongest. We have very limited midfielders that are quite good at breaking up, playing, putting tackles in and taking bookings. But going forward, they, they're to be desired. Mm-hmm. Um, but the wing backs seem to really, really help. The midfielders give them a bit of width, make that extra pass available. I think the wing backs done a cracking job in Lee Hodson and Kyle Monroe. Kyle Monroe was only a very young boy, but Scott McMahon, again, was a cracking player. Uh, Dundee United went 1 0 up very early on in the first five minutes. Hamilton conceded an early goal yet again. I think it was poor defending for Hamilton. I think, I think they gave Shanklin far too much space. Just static. It was a nice move, taking a hand with Dundee United. It was a cracking move. And, they created space in the box very well. A crowded box I had as well, but uh, you can't be like giving Shank on five yards. Surely that's the first thing that needs to be addressed is keep Shank covered well. Why bother Martin Nicky Clark? You see that full game? Three golden opportunities he had, and he, he, he was absolutely stinking. Exactly. They uh, did not have a good game at all. And then Hamilton scored with Hakeem Adolphin yet again. That's his third goal of the season. That's had three goals in five matches. Right. <laughs> I actually had a fiver on him any time and it came in for 60 quid. Oh, no way. Nah, cracking bet. I'm well Just put that on every single week because it seems been, to uh, be your biggest threat going I've forward. Been, it's, 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 are we fun about the Hamilton fans? Just put a dolphin on any time because he seems to get me a goals. Aye, he's up like a dolphin. By the way, what a header. The diving header. Aye. Cracking. That's Aye. his second one this season. He's living up to the name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we'll go Livy St. Johnson. Livingston St. Johnson. Aye, very good performance, I thought, for Livingston. Even better defending as well, I thought, for Livingston. Yep, um, they looked absolutely solid. Good goal for Tiffany after he won the ball. So he won the ball initially, then mm-hmm. it ricocheted. 
a couple of times people hit the rebounds and then it eventually fell to him and he got a kind of deserved goal. It's his first that. goal in 16 months. Was it? Aye. A bit of that penalty box Tiffany. pinball into it. Yep. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying Scott Tiffany is now a striker and he's not had maybe the best start to the season and he's no had he's no been as good as he could be. I thought at the weekend he was outstanding. Aye, he was Absolutely very brilliant. good. His link-up play was fantastic and in those two minutes where Livingston got their goals. Yep. He, I know it's only two minutes, but he played very, very well. Ah, yeah, Alan Forrest as well. He got a, a good goal. He was a kind of Forrest-esque goal, one that the family will be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> He's not, he personally hasn't scored as much as that, but it was kind of similar to what we see James Forrest doing for the last... Oh, I don't know, 10 years now, aye? It's yeah. been a while. Aye, it's at least 10 years. I was thinking 2007 I came through. I could be wrong. It's years, it's been a while. It's been aye. a while. Um, little bit about St. Johnson. Again, they've no scored. They've not scored that. They must be having serious doubts aye, right now with what's happened this season. Uh, for whatever reason, because St. Johnson do like a good side. They get the ball, as I keep saying, they get the ball on the channels, they get a lot of balls into the box. They were just, just unlocked in that game. They could have won 2-0. They could have won 2-0, maybe. Here's the thing, it's every week they could win 2-0 and they're not getting the goals. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the reason for it? Because they're getting, as I say, they're getting these crosses into the box. They're making good chances. There's just no finish. It was just it. so unfortunate. They literally pretty much scored and Jason Holt cleared one off the line. Yeah to keep that clean sheet for Livingston, but that just kind of summed up the game and sums up St. Johnson. They're making the chances, as you say. They just can't, they can't actually the, officially get a goal. Get a goal and put the game to bed. Um, Well-deserved victory for Levy. Well done. Uh, St. Mirren, Kilmarnock. Aye, another good game. 1-0 to Kilmarnock it finished. Jack Almick was back after his coronavirus. Um, self-isolation or whatever. It was the... After this defeat, that's now St Mern. They've lost their last five games, so yep. it's all went totally wrong. They're now bottom of the table. So Kilmarnock, they've now won twice in the last 16 games away from Rugby Park, which is quite incredible, uh, I would say. They're just not very good at winning away. Yeah, but um, So I an away victory, which Kilmarnock fans won't be too accustomed to away from home. St Mern, I would say actually had more chances in the first half. They were the better team, Aye, I it thought. Was a, it was a game of two boxes, pretty much, wasn't it? One, one side took their chances and the other side never. Aye. Uh, Jim Goodwin, obviously, as you say, five losses in the bounce now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Obika, he's a bit of a lump, right? Um, he's a typical low league, lower, sorry, lower half of the league striker. Just a big physical presence to noise up defenders. But that Marias that they have, mm-hmm. I actually really, really rate him. Aye. Very, very good at ball. His feet's quite tricky and he can beat a man, but for whatever reason, they just can't see, can't see me get it working. And I'm sure they will get back to... So you think they'll is. be able to turn the corner? I think so. I think Jim Goodwin will eventually get Because they're win. missing big <laughs> players now. They're missing McGuinness, Tate, Flynn, Dennis. They're all, they're all yeah, missing just I, now. So they're missing big, big players. Um, and I just going back to my wee shout-out, Nick Kabamba. He obviously had a bit of confidence. He obviously got the commandment goal, which was actually an excellent play for Alan Power to Buck. And then I good finish by Nick Kabamba and I think he's just got that confidence now especially when he's get called up to the Demic Repub- <laughs> Democratic, Democratic Republic, Republic of, Congo. of the Congo or Zaire as we were saying <laughs> earlier or was that the other recording I can't even remember we've done that many now but I think it was <laughs> this one aye, aye so um, aye, it's just all about St Mernan now though if they're rock bottom and hopefully they can do a turn because I think they're actually playing some good football and it's but if they're on this losing run, long may it continue because it takes the pressure off of Hamilton. Aye. Um, Motherwell Rangers. It was some performance, I've got to say, for Rangers. Yep, I absolutely. Think 
did you see the Rangers supporters behind the south stand where they usually sit with the fireworks, the fireworks and stuff? Aye, that was just mad, wasn't it? Taking that clean out of Europe. Aye. So, um, no, but uh, good positions for Rangers, to be honest. Good to be. It was a good debut or a starting debut for uh, Bassey at left Bassi, back. Yep. And Cedric Eaton, who hasn't really hit the ground running when you think he's compatriot. Uh, Kimarath. No, no, no. Um, I'll be in a jetty. Oh, for yeah. Switzerland, yeah. he's really hit the ground rotting, but Cedric Eaton has, hasn't really. So he obviously got the two goals when he came on, so it's kind of good for Rangers in a way. A lot of penalty debates. Yeah, uh, we can I mean, go we tend to spend a wee bit on that. I just, just kind of run through them because we're yeah. kind of short on time, right? The Mugabe one. <laughs> As a penalty, right? Now, it's a difficult one to talk about because he's no chance. He's not, it's not meant to handball it. No. It's not an intentional handball, but that isn't the rule anymore. Aye. The rule is if you, your hand makes your silhouette bigger and it hits it, your hand, Aye. it's a penalty. I totally agree. I think it's soft, but rules of the game. That's a rule. Penalty. And they'll go for and against you. I bet you the first time Motherwell get a penalty for a situation like that, they'll not be saying that the, the, the rules unfair. Like it's going to go for and against you. I don't just... think there's any dispute when it's literally the laws of the game. Yeah, I mean it's quite clear. And the players on the list they get a briefing every season under the rules of the game. Uh, McGabby handball. Yep, penalty for me. Yep. Right. What about Grimshaw's? Handball again. It's a handball. Similar situation. Exactly. Right? It's, it's soft, and I feel like I feel sorry for Grimshaw for giving away the penalty because there's nothing he can do. But again, it is the rules. Aye, exactly. Right. Alan Campbell's. So the one that mother will should have got the push. Had. The push by Kamara. <sighs> oh, no, Again, I, I think it was a penalty. Aye. Nah, he's dead. For me, it's a definite it's penalty. Two hands and it's a push, and he's it's in the box. It's silly for Kamara, and he's got away with one. The thing about it is, but nobody really claimed for it. Aye, which was a bit weird. It was a a kind of stonewaller, if you if you know what I mean. Uh huh. Yeah. Nobody really claimed for it in the mother rules end, so it was a bit of a weird one. And then the Tony Watt one for Hollander tackling him. You'll need to remind me. He kind of won. He won the ball, but he took the man. Oh, went right through him. Aye. Aye. Uh, nah, nah, for me, that wasn't a penalty. Nah, me neither. I think aye, it was a rough tackle, but that's tackles that you love to see in the game as goes through clean Everton. It's aye. What a centre back should be doing, in aye. my eyes, anyway. Um, but 5 1 Rangers, well done. Cracking performance. Aye. Especially after getting such a good result against Aberdeen. Definitely. Looking like they could maybe turn things around and yep. they've been demolished by Rangers. Um, Celtic and Hibs. Well, Neil Lennon came out and said a very bold statement. He says it's the best Celtic performance he's seen, even across his like, both tenures. Both I wouldn't go that far. I think it was a good performance, and I think a lot of that's largely down to how good Scott Brown was in the game. Aye, it was very good. That's the best I've seen him maybe maybe the past two years. Aye, he was he was outstanding, especially in that three five two. Obviously, we spoke about this and. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or not, but I've said I don't see Scott's position. Uh, Scott, 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 Scott Brown's position in that three-five-two um, as a hold midfielder next to Callum McGregor as he really needed. Um, well, it's kind of been greatly debated this year. Aye, but I don't think against teams like Ross County, Hamilton, I don't think you need necessarily need them. You don't need that much defensive cover. But against Hibs, a team that were quite open and wanting to attack them, it was good to have them there, and it proved effective. And he had that absolutely blinding game. Mm-hmm. Good result for Celtic in 3 now as well. It's just the constant shots that Celtic have on goal. Aye. They've just got the, all their midfielders just shoot, shoot, shoot the full game. Aye. And Marciano had a bit of a, a hard game of it. Um, and we've seen that with 
Celtic second goal with Adjay who scored again. Again. But Marciano probably could have done a bit better. He's kind of palmed it out into Adjay's position and he's got an easy finish there. But what I will say is David Turnbull's debut. Uh-huh. I don't know if you, you you watched him when he came on. He looked very comfortable for his first game. He obviously got the assist as well to Mohamed El and he contributed to the shots outside the box. He's got very good strikes and you could see the technique was there. So he could be a very, very good signing for Celtic, David Turnbull. David Turnbull's an absolutely cracking player. That midfield three that Motherwell had of Jake Casey, Alan Campbell and David Turnbull, it's the phenomenal. Aye. The players that have come through the ranks at Motherwell the past couple of years. Um, Robinson definitely does a good job and credit to the youth coaches where it's deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope David Turnbull does manage to get a place in the squad because looking at it with Christie, Rogic, Turnbull, he's down the pecking order. Mm-hmm. He's definitely going to be. Um, whether he maybe becomes a deep line midfielder I don't know but I hope to see him do well because there's nothing worse than seeing a young Scottish boy go to the old forum and his career has ended there it's not very good to see so all the best to him and as you said I had a good game at the weekend we've not said much about Hibs though I thought Hibs were actually alright I I thought Hibs they had a decent game but there was a different level in ability fitness and class aye definitely I thought Nesbitt looked very good Joe Neal had an actual great game for me Uh he kind of although we're talking about how good Tumble was Scott Brown McGregor obviously got the goal. Um, although we're talking about how good they were, Joe Neal was very comfortable in that game said, and he was creating a lot of chances. As you said as well, Marciano. I mean, if you look at the scoreline 3 0, he looks like he's had a bad game, but Aye. as you said, the amount of shots the Celtic have per game, he actually had a very good game Aye. and 3 0 doesn't cover him in glory. Uh, moving on to the last game of the weekend, Ross County 0, Aberdeen 2. No surprises there. 3. Is it 3? Aye. Is it 3 0? I, I thought it finished 2. You've got me down myself, I'm pretty sure it's 3. Well, either way, there's no surprises, <laughs> right? Aberdeen kind of done what you thought they were going to do. Went down well, got the game done. A good response after the after heavy defeat to Motherwell. Yeah, and I stick with Ash Taylor as well. I thought he was absolutely atrocious in the Motherwell aye, game. Definitely. Um, they were very unlucky against Sporting Lisbon as well. Aye. Aberdeen, uh, but they hit the post twice just before they they got the break. A great header for Marley Watkins. That's his first goal for Aberdeen, yep. and then. Vigorous, he saw red literally and metaphorically. Is that the same as Vigorous? Aye, sorry. <laughs> Vigorous. It's, it's virus. It's caused the work on him virus, virus on Twitter, yeah. which I thought was quite ironic during the pandemic. But aye, he saw red. It was as if like McCrory had like keyed his car on the way into the game or something. Every time <laughs> McCrory got the ball, big virus we'll call him you don't fuck with another man's vehicle (laughs) (laughs) he was every time McCrory got the ball he just literally saw red and just went clattered right into him yep and obviously that got a penalty for Aberdeen which they converted through Lewis Ferguson but aye a good result for Aberdeen aye covered that yeah quite happy moving on now to Scotland's well Steve Clark Scotland selection aye Scott probably our most important Scotland squad and 17 years since the memory, last playoff. I, I can remember. Um, obviously, the games against Slovakia, Czech Republic, which will be a proper Czech Republic team this time. But first, and Israel. The, 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 the big, big one. one. Yeah. Aye. Which massive, is next Thursday. Massive game for us. Um, only a few changes for the last selections. Uh, we have, what's his name? Ryan Portis mm-hmm. getting called up to the senior squad for the first time. Yep. So, massive congratulations to him. Yep. Um, Ryan Fraser in. Looks like pretty much just a straight swap for James Forrest because he's obviously injured. Aye. Um, and obviously we have Lauren Shankland back in again as well. Aye, aye that's hopefully, right, actually. Hopefully the forwards can stay fit because the forward line of the forwards that we have of Dykes, McBurney, Patterson, Shankland and Buck, 
good options to have. Mm-hmm. If we can have them all, the more the better, obviously. Uh, Ryan Fraser, a confusing one for me, though. Aye. Because, um, and I said this on the Twitter as well, but he's the only real winger in that full squad. Aye, I suppose you could say like, like Armstrong and that can play out there, but I know what you mean. They can that. play out there, but that's not the position. And you're going to have a very, very one-sided team if, again, you have Robertson at left wing back and then Fraser on that side doing him as well. Listen, see this game against Israel. Yeah, this will be interesting yeah. because this reveals what Steve Clark thinks is our best team. Yep. And it's all about the shape. 100%. I, I think three at the back could work. I, 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 say I like the three at the back and I think teams tend to play better with it if they know what they're doing. But if players shoehorned in, there's no benefit to that. Aye. I, I, see, to be honest, I think he's going to go with three at the back. I don't think there's enough time to change it now back to a back four. Yeah, but he's probably been working a lot with Tierney, especially that Tierney's still playing. Yeah. Uh, three at the back. I'm not, I think one thing we did learn, though, is that McTominay can't play can't in that three. So maybe we have learned a wee bit, but I think he will still go with a three at the back. Yep. Um, I think for the better. I think it's Aye. the right decision. And for that game, obviously it's so important. Fair play to the SPL. Not often they do this for the clubs, but they helped out the national team a lot. They had scheduled Friday night football in, so it was a full fixture yep. card for Friday night. Uh-huh. But, but obviously because of Europa games, um, with the old firm, the Rangers and Celtic now play on Sunday instead of the Friday. So it's kind of worked in a way if you want to include the Motherwell players, Aberdeen, whatever. But, in terms of like Ryan Jack, Carl McGregor, James Forrest, Ryan Christie, yeah, all your old firm players. That are in aye, they are. They are going to be playing four days before the the big game, the massive game. Honestly, God, you can't you can't overestimate the importance of this game. Aye, I know. And see, just other wee factors that we've got. We've got like Tierney versus Robertson, the game the other night. Yep. Obviously, both made mistakes, but Robertson kind of made up for that. That kind of shows that Robertson's got Robertson's asked. mistake was worse. It was worse, of course it was, but he made up for it. And I think that shows his mentality. I, I, but I suppose I made the mistake and it was a beautiful assist. Ball like is it? Absolutely brilliant. Um, but he did get up the park and get himself a goal. Not often he does get the goal. So. Yeah, I know. Exactly. McKenna's confidence will be sky high as well. Yeah, after his move. Yep, mm-hmm. 100%. McGregor's on a bit of a, a goal scoring record. Um, on a form, yep. Aye, Dykes is in amongst the goals as well for Scotland and QPR. Dykes is landing his feet down south. He's took like a duck to water. And <laughs> um, what off a duck's back? Uh, <laughs> and obviously, Shanklin's starting to score in the top league as well now. So all um, these promising signs that like a lot of players play well it can obviously only mean one thing: beat half Israel. <laughs> That's the way it's going to go. Hamden. Um, quiz. We'll go into the quiz. Uh, have you got the pound coin there? Aye, I've got it. Right, okay, what is it? Heads, you answer, tails, I'll answer. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Heads. Heads, you're answering questions this I'm week. I'm answering the questions. Right, okay. Luckily enough, I have actually done them again. Okay, I'll just, sorry, I'm prepared here, I need to get my timer out. There we are. One minute on the clock. Are you ready? Ten questions. Ten questions, one minute. Are you ready? Oft. Right, on Your you go. time starts when I finish the first two question. Two things, two things. Right. Just getting rid of that nervous energy. Aye. Right, okay, your time starts when I finish the last question. Scotland are playing Israel in the playoffs. Which team has won this fixture more in the past? Israel. Israel, right, okay. Who scored Rangers two goals against Galatasaray? Scott Arfield and James Tavernier. Where was Mickey Mellon before joining Dundee United? Tranmere. Andy Halliday signed with Hearts, but which team did he start his career with? Livingston. 
Who is the Premiership's current top goalscorer? A duty. Kirk Broadfoot has played more European finals than Zlatan Ibrahimovic, true or false? For false. Who scored Motherwell's goal at the weekend? Oh. Pass. How many players scored a brace at the weekend? What, in foreign in football? Scotland, sorry, mate. Uh, three. Who is currently Scott? Who is currently second bottom of the league? The Scottish Premier League. Johnson. Johnson. Yep. And Arn Hickey made his debut for Bologna Hearts. against which club? Parma. Just in the nick of time, we'll give you that one. So a quick run through. Did I get right. through them all? Did I? Yeah, was it number ten, mate? Right at the the, the final whistle. Um, so let's go through them. Scotland are playing Israel in the playoffs. Which team has won this tie more in the past? It was Scotland with four wins. There's been one draw, and Israel have won once. <laughs> Trust me, you go with Israel. <laughs> <laughs> so negative so um, already. Who scored Rangers two goals against Galatasaray? Tavernier and Arfield is correct. Tavernier? Tavernier, I know, mate. It's one of those names that I just never know how to say. I just say it differently <laughs> all the time. Uh, where was Mickey Mellon before joining Dundee United? You were correct with Premier Rovers. Andy Halliday signed with Hearts, but which team did he start his career with? It was Livingston, well done. Uh, Albion Ajay is the current Premier League top goalscorer. Um, this one's interesting. Kirk Broadfoot has played in more European finals than Zlatan Ibrahimovic, true or false? It's actually true. How is it? Because Kirk Broadfoot played in the U- UEFA Cup with Rangers. Mm-hmm. Zlatan's never played in a European Cup final. Oh, he is. When? With Man United. No, he's not. They never reached Europa when Zlatan was there. Zlatan's never played in a, Euro- a Champions League or a UEFA Cup final. I'm pretty sure he did. He didn't. We'll go he didn't it. play in it, sorry, but he was part of the team and he was injured with that ACL. So That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but they did win it that year. See, the year that yeah, he was he at Man United. He wasn't in the team, was he? He's not and played. he was instrumental for them getting there. Yeah, but he's, he's got a medal. In final, has he? He's got a medal. He's not played in the final, no, has he? Hasn't. No. Well, so well that's what I was thinking. See, see when the, t- the time's against you. You're no hanging about. I should try to claim a point for this again. All right, I'll leave you through. You're trying to claim your point. <laughs> Question seven. Who scored Motherwell's goal at the weekend? You passed on this one. I'm trying to think. Don't tell me the now. Um, who was that again, man? Long? It was an Edmonton on goal. Oh, so it was off the face. So it um, was. How many players scored a brace at the weekend? Sorry, I should have said in Scotland. Your answer was three. It was correct. Was it? Fantastic. <laughs> um, who is currently second bottom of the Scottish Premier League? St. Johnson is correct. And Arne Hickey made his debut for Bologna against which club? Parma, which is of course correct. So how many did I get? You got... I'll tell you how many you've got wrong. Uh, one, two, three... Three ranks, so seven. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. I'll take it up. Take it up. Mm-hmm. Take it up. Good effort. It's not as good as the other weeks when I get eight. Seven and a half. <laughs> good performance, Sammy, on your questions. Quick fire questions. Uh, I think that takes quite nicely into your end of episode exam. It does, aye. So, do you want it just now, aye? No, we'll leave it ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know why I said that there. Anyway, so... This week's end of episode exam will be out on Twitter as per usual. Congratulations to, well, I say congratulations with big quotation marks because at Kevin Kane fourteen never actually named the five players who have played in both halves of the old firm post World War Two. Yeah, there was plagiarism involved there, wasn't there? There was a bit. Somebody else's answers. So him, I'm not giving him full credit, but him and one other person basically got it but if Kevin had just listed the ones that the other guy that tweeted in 
did then he would be getting full credit. Full credit that, but, aye. So, so those five, work. aye. So those five players were just for the answers for last week's end episode exam were Kenny Miller, Stephen Presley. Morris Johnson, Alfie Cohen, and goalkeeper Mark Brown. Mark Brown's the one that trips folk up. Aye, uh, Stephen Presley as well. You don't really remember. Yeah, that you one. never really hear of Stephen Presley. Alfie Rangers, Cohen being the first player to do it. Obviously, Morris Johnson's probably the most high profile and probably the most well known is Kenny Miller. Yeah. So that was the answers to last week's. So this week is in light of Europe. Okay. For both Rangers and Celtic qualifying. So it's in light of Europe, only it's on the Champions League, alright? Okay. So, European-based question, and I'm looking for the group stages only, so this question does not include any knockout ties, alright, just to be clear. By the way, not that we make sorry, it. just to go on there, have you seen that Messi and Ronaldo have been drawn in the same uh, Champions League group? Oh, have they? That's outstanding. First time ever they played each other in the Champions League group this. stages. Aye. When was this? Today? Today, was it? Right, fair enough. I never even knew that, but that will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if like, Messi even is there, but I think he's got pretty, to be. Right, he's yeah. pretty much going to be. Anyway, so, looking for group stage answers only. Not that we ever make it past the group stages, but anyway, I've just yes, thought I'd yep. throw that in. So, to answer this end of episode exam, you have to name the 10 youngest Scottish players who have scored in the Champions League group stages. Leicester, can you get one? He on there against Man City? No, he's not one. Really? Younger Leicester. than him? Aye. Oh. So, from the Champions League era, which is, I think is 1993 and onwards, name the 10 youngest Scottish players who have scored in the Champions League group stages. Not so, basically, there. the top 10. Well, we must have been too old. In fact, no, sorry. He, that never got given us a... Oh, when it's a long goal, didn't it? I did, aye. Um... Young Scottish players to score in the Champions League. I'm going to be honest, mate, I'm struggling with this one. James Forrest? James Forrest is one. Thank the Lord, mate. Right, so <laughs> there was 10, now there's 9 because Leicester's got one. There's a few obvious ones in there. I'm surprised you never got the most obvious one. But anyway, James Forrest is right, so we'll go with that one and we'll leave the listeners to tweet in at T8Pundits to get the other 9. Get your shout out in there, folks. 